0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believers Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc.
1: My name is Mark Zeichli. I'm originally from Riga, Latvia. I moved to the States with my family when I was about eight years old and grew up in the Seattle area. And this past summer, my wife and I, we moved to Hermitage, Pennsylvania. I am a logistics coordinator. and I work for a company in Newcastle. I work with International Freight. My wife Emily, she is in a surgical residency program. Both my wife and I grew up in Christian families and church was a regular part of our lives. Both of us graduated from Christian schools. Moving here, we knew the importance of finding a church and getting connected. My wife and I, we were looking for the church and we checked out a few different places and none of them hit the spot and one day I think I saw a commercial of Pastor Joe and decided, hey, let's go check it out. From the very first time we walked in, we felt welcomed. I enjoyed listening to the music and Pastor Joe's message was amazing. I was talking to Joe Jr. one day and he invited me to come play at the Basketball Connect Group. Moving here, we were starting fresh and I didn't know many people. So this was the perfect opportunity for me to get involved and get to know some people. Um, I have built great relationships and made lots of connections. If you're sitting there and you're hesitant to join a Connect Group, my advice is just do it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I'm Mark
0: and Connect Groups changed my life. Mark and his wife Emily have been so cool to get to know over the last year and uh, that's really what this weekend and every weekend here at Believers Church is all about just making connections with people that are on the journey with us together doing life together. And uh, if you're newer here, my name is Joe, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And you couldn't have picked a more perfect weekend to come and check us out because you're going to get to know what really makes us tick. And one of our core values here is that we're better together. We really believe that to the core. I mean, we put that, uh, that that affects every part of our church and everything that we do is influenced by that core belief that we're better together. And so today we're going to talk about togetherness. This idea of together, man, it happens early and often in the Bible. I mean, you can read uh, through, in Genesis alone, has tons of examples of why together is so important, but one story that's always been really fascinating to me is in Genesis chapter 11. It's just a couple lines long, and it's about uh, the Tower of Babel. I think most of us, even if you didn't grow up in church, have heard a little something about the Tower of Babel. And here's kind of what was going on. This was after the flood that flooded the entire earth, and God commanded the people after that to be fruitful and multiply, spread across the four corners of the earth, and replenish the earth. And of course, to continue to worship him As the one true God, because that was the problem that kind of got them into trouble to begin with. They had misplaced their worship. And so it didn't take very long for them to disobey God. And they stopped going to the four corners of the earth. They stopped replenishing the earth. And they were being fruitful and multiplying, but they were staying in this concentrated area. And on top of that, they were worshiping other gods. And so this is a massive city that they decided to build. It's on the plains of Shinar, which is the future site of Babylon, this empire that would rise up. And this is not a dinky city, this is 200 square miles, according to most historians. They have walls that are at some point points 300 feet high, 70 feet wide, chariots could actually ride around the perimeter of the city. This was a big city and it was a big deal It was innovative. Uh, To this point, the only cities that had been major cities in the world at that time were built by stone. This was the first city and consequently the first skyscraper that was built by brick and mortar, by tar. Uh, This was innovation at its best. God has never had a problem with innovation. It's the motivation. And here's the statement that they made as they went to build this city and this massive tower. They said, let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that stretches to the heavens. Many people believe that this was a tower where they would practice astrology and idol worship. And so their city all centered around this idol worship. God wasn't pleased with this. But all of that being said, I want you to listen to what God had to say in Genesis chapter 11, verse five. Let's read this together. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, that's really important right there, that terminology, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. In other words they are unstoppable together. We're beginning this brand new series called Unstoppable and the title of my message today is Unstoppable Together and I think it stands to reason that if they were unstoppable together going in the wrong direction building something that really wasn't of any significance eternally, then think about how unstoppable we can be together when we speak the same language, united around the one cause to reach people who are far from God. This is what God has planned for us to do. In the New Century Version, it says, this is only the beginning of what they will do. And I just, that's my prayer for every single person that's here, whether you've been here for 20 or 30 years, or you're brand new to Believers Church, or brand new to God, this is my prayer, that it would just be the beginning. That what you've seen God do to this point would pale in comparison to what He's about to do, as you just surrender to Him, give Him everything, and do life together with other people who love and care about you. And I just, I want to make this point, it's always been God's purpose and His plan and His intention to build an unstoppable church, Matthew chapter 16 is proof of this, because Jesus says, I will build my church, and then he makes this unstoppable statement. He says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are never more unstoppable than when we're together. Think about that, we're never more unstoppable than when we're together, and I think you can just use some reasoning here. If we are unstoppable together, I think it's pretty safe to say that we are stoppable apart. If we're unstoppable together, we're stoppable apart, and why is that? Well, it's because apart means we're alone. And early on in Genesis, God makes a statement. He says, it's not good for a man to be alone. And I always think of Doug Heffernan from King of Queens when I think about a guy alone that is up to no good because Doug, in one of the episodes, is unemployed. And so he's spending way too much time alone. Carrie's off at work, and one day she comes home, and she finds Doug, and he's sitting up on the bed, and he's got a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken next to him, and there's no chicken in the bucket. It's all on his shirt. And and he stops her mid-sentence, and he's like, before you say anything, I just want to let you know I invented the shirt plate. And every guy in here is like, that is such a great invention. I don't think there's any problem with that. And all the girls are like, you're crazy. But listen, it's just not good for a man to be alone, and this starts early on. I mean, every one of us who is a parent, we have kids and we know that you leave them alone for a couple of seconds and there is no good that can come from that. Now, now most parents will tell you this, like I can can have my kids right next to me fighting and going at each other and breaking stuff and that's not what you have to worry about. What you really have to worry about with kids is when you can't hear them at all. Because every parent knows the sound of eerie silence when you call out their name, Joey, Riley, and nothing comes back. That's when you know the house is about to get burned down. Can I get an amen? It's just not good. It's just not good for them to be alone. My wife and I, we've been married and we've had kids for long enough uh, to where she doesn't like call me with updates anymore. She just takes pictures of what is going on and sends them to me with no captions. And uh, about a year ago, my son was like five years old and my daughter's about three and they're with their mom at Walmart and uh, they're just hanging out and having a good time. And my wife thinks they're right there in the cart. And she's looking at something in the aisle just for a split second, and all of a sudden she realizes they are not in the cart anymore. So she looks, and they're about 10 feet away, and Joey is right next to this massive display of nail polish. And so what we later discovered was this was not anchored to the ground. And so Joey, obeying his mom coming back towards her, accidentally brushes up against the nail polish And I want to show you a picture. This is the picture my wife sent to me that day. I don't know if you can (laughs) tell what's going on there. But listen, um, she watched it in slow motion. He rubbed against this and... All of the sudden, hundreds of bottles of nail polish start cascading to the ground. And you can tell here, a lot of them are broken. It smelled horrible. Literally, Walmart shut down. Like, they were on code red alert. There were blue vests just swarming. My wife had to give a statement, like a sworn statement, to like three different Walmart managers. It was, she's not even allowed to go there to this day. It's just an ugly situation. I'm just kidding about that, but I will tell you this. A couple days later, some of our friends were going through Walmart, and they're like, dude, it still smells here. Like, (laughs) this is awesome. My wife, no joke, was there just the other day, and I was like, you should go see if the stain is still there. And no lie, to this day, there's this big white spot where all of the finish is stripped off of the floor. You're welcome, Walmart. We taught you a lesson, learned from it, saved you some money down the road, I think. It's just it's not good for us to be alone, and I always just think of it this way. Have you ever done anything... Uh, you know, that you regretted, and you could trace it back to the fact that you were alone. I mean, for me, some of the worst decisions I've made, some of the moments I was most tempted to do some of the dumbest things were the moments where there was nobody in my life, no voice of encouragement, no voice of accountability. I mean, this this even happened with our Savior. Think about this. Jesus was perfect and had no sin, but what was the one moment that Satan chose to tempt him and to go after him? It's when he was alone. Spent 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness. He hadn't eaten. He hadn't uh, drank anything. He he was depleted and empty, and this was the moment that Satan chose to strike, and you remember what the solution was? Angels came to encourage him. Even our Savior needed encouragement, needed to be with other people, and I want to make this statement to you. The more alone you are, the less alive you are. Think about that. The more alone we are, the less alive we are, and this is scientifically proven, this is crazy, the California Institute of Mental Health gave us these statistics for people who are alone, and just to clarify, this means you don't have any meaningful relationships built into your life, doesn't mean that you don't have acquaintances, it just means there are people uh, that you're lacking that connection in your life, so listen to this, when we're alone, we are two to three times more likely to die in early death, hello, we're four times more likely to experience burnout, Five times more likely to suffer from clinical depression. And how about this one? This is scary. Ten times more likely to be hospitalized for some kind of mental disorder. (laughs) Being alone makes you go a little bit cray-cray. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is not good to be alone. The more alone you are, the less alive you are. And so this morning, just for the next couple minutes, I just want to talk to you about what together should look like. Because I think for all of us, we need to come to this realization that we were designed and created to do life together. We are better together, and as a matter of fact, we are unstoppable together. And here's the first characteristic of together. I want to I just kind of press down on this. Together means to gather. We live in this culture, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's very easy to be socially connected, but spiritually disconnected very easy to feel like I'm connected with all kinds of people because of social media and because of all these social gatherings that we have, but it never gets beneath the surface. We never have a soul connection with people that are going to help us to grow in God. And I think it's really fascinating because you'll, you'll hear people say like, look, I'm not so sure that the idea of church in American culture is even biblical. You know, like I just prefer to kind of stay at home and watch TV preachers and watch the live stream of service or I'd love to have a connect group at my house, you know, with, with a few people that I really like. Nobody that gets on my nerves or challenges me because that would be difficult. And, and like they just give up on church altogether. And I always like to just push back a little bit and challenge people to read through the early church because I think it's impossible to write gathering out of the equation when you look at the early church. As a matter of fact, did you know that they didn't even call it church for the first couple hundred years of the church's existence? You know what they called it? The ecclesia, and that literally meant the gathering. And so wired into what God has called and created the church to be is that we need to gather together. It's important. It's essential. Hebrews ten twenty four says this, let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works. And if we could sum up why we do what we do and why we meet together, we want to encourage and challenge people to love others unconditionally, to love God with all of their heart, and then to do good works so they can glorify their Father in heaven. I mean, that's, if we could sum up why we exist to see a city connected, that's why we want to do what we do. And I think it's very strategic that it says take thought because what they're saying is this is not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen by osmosis. This isn't something you just accidentally stumble into. We have to be intentional about building gatherings into our life on sometimes a daily and weekly basis. And I think this is really helpful if you go on to verse 25. Not abandoning our own meetings as some are in the habit of doing. So even back then, even this short distance from the time that Jesus had walked on the earth and built this unstoppable church, there were people that were falling away and they were getting out of the habit of gathering together and then he says but encouraging each other even more so because you see the day drawing near now this day is referring to jesus return i think we can all agree jesus hasn't come back yet and so if they are telling us that we need to meet together gather together all the more as the day approaches can we agree we are closer to jesus return today than they were two thousand years ago So it's not that we're supposed to be gathering less and less. It's supposed to be that we're gathering more and more. And I think I know why they said it, because they could probably see in some prophetic way a picture of what the future would look like. And they had enough writings to know that it was not going to get better and better. It was going to get worse and worse. And the world was going to bombard the church even more than it ever had to that point as Jesus' return approached. And they knew that they needed to stay encouraged and they needed to stay connected because it really, really mattered. So I think this is really fascinating. I like that they use the word habit. A really great book, it's a really great resource if you'd like to read it. It's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And uh, I think habits are fascinating. He, he references a Duke University study in this book and he says that up to 45%, so literally about half of what we do in a given day is actually driven by the power of our habits. And here's why the brain does that. It knows that it has really important things that it needs to take care of. So it doesn't want to have to worry about tying our shoes in the morning or brushing our teeth or making ourselves breakfast or driving your car because how many of us have ended up at a place and we are like, how in the world did I end up here? I don't even remember driving myself here in the morning. That is the power of habit. Up to half of the things that you do in a given day are driven by your habits. And I was just thinking about it. You know, there's probably nothing that you can think of that you want to accomplish in your life that isn't connected to a habit that you need to build in the first place. So here's an easy way to say it, a habit helps you have it, a habit helps you have it. So let's, let's dissect this a little bit, if I want to get into better shape, and I want to start eating healthier, I need to develop a habit that is going to help me to do that, right? I need to make sure that on a daily basis, on a regular basis, I am eating the right foods, not eating the wrong foods, that I am waking up and going to the gym, and a habit is how it happens. You can't have it without a habit. Now, Target knows this really well. This is kind of scary, but um, have you ever like purchased something on one site, then you're on another site and you see an ad on the side of that page and it is advertising the exact thing you bought on another site? That is creepy and that is what we've come to in this world and how can they do that? Well, these big box stores and these places like Target, they have these things called predictive purchasing analytics. It's really crazy and so what they can do is there's some kind of algorithm they have worked up to where they know that if you have purchased these things in the past through the habit of your purchases they can predict your future purchases in their store and then that really helps them with advertising because they can give you specific marketing campaigns through emails and all these other things they can do digitally it's really impressive well this gets even a little bit weirder because Target had this one dad that was not super happy about this. His teenage daughter kept getting all of these ads in the mail about baby clothes and baby stuff, stuff that was targeted towards moms and call him crazy. But one of his life goals for his teenage daughter was not for her to get pregnant, you know. And so he went into Target and he was a little bit upset with it. And he just found a manager and he said, hey, he's like, I just want to let you know, I don't appreciate that you're marketing this stuff to my daughter. It'd be awesome if you could stop. And they apologized, and a few days later, it works its way up into upper management, and one of the, the guys at corporate ends up giving him a call, and says, hey, sir, we just wanted to call and apologize for, uh, for this marketing snafu. And, and he stopped them mid-sentence, and he said, look, he's like, I actually owe you an apology. He said, I went home and asked my daughter a series of questions, and I found out that you knew she was pregnant before I did. Hello. And so that's, that's a little bit awkward, but how did they know that? Crazy. It's because it's because of her habits. It's because she was going to the store and purchasing certain things that her dad didn't know about, Target did, and it actually predicted some of her future purchases. Now think about this. This is the same thing with any other habit in your life. I mean, habits are built of these three different components. So the first one is a cue. A cue is just anything that triggers this desire to want to get into the routine of building a habit. And so a cue can be a person, it could be a place, it could be a thing, but any of those things that are going to cue this desire to get into the routine of a behavior. And so if you want to start working out, here's a couple ideas for a cue that might get you into the routine. A great start is the night before, setting out some clothes and maybe like your workout shoes right by your bed. That way when you get out of the bed in the morning to use the restroom or whatever you need to do, you stumble over your shoes and, and that's a reminder, it's a cue that I am going to work out this morning. Here's an even better one set an alarm you know Uh, my uncle Jim does this really cool thing he sets his alarm and then he puts it on the other side of the room now some of you couldn't imagine not sleeping next to your precious cell phone but if you could ever pry yourself away that might be a cool a cool way that you could cue yourself in the morning because by the time you get up and you walk all the way over to the cell phone and you stumble in the dark to turn it off you're like well I'm up anyways I might as well go work out it's a cue Now, some of you, uh, this this is helpful for me, it's like having somebody that holds me accountable. And so I tell my wife, Erin, I'm getting up in the morning to go work out. And then when she rolls over and hears my alarm go off and I say, yeah, I'm just not up to it today, she gives me an elbow right in the ribs and I'm out of bed in a hurry. This is good, we need cues. And let's think about this spiritually. All of us need to build into our lives some cues spiritually so that we can get into the routine And finally get to the reward. So the reward for working out is that you start to look and feel better. You live a longer life and everything seems to work a little bit better in your body physically. Think about this. I think in church sometimes we just look at habits and we're like no that couldn't possibly apply to church. And you know I think sometimes we can even have this assumption that I'm going to be healthy spiritually without building any spiritual habits into my life. But remember habits help you have it. And so if I want to get into the habit of gathering together with other people who care about me and are going in the same direction, I have got to build some cues into my life to reinforce that behavior and lead me into the routine of gathering with other people. And so growing up as kids, it was never an option. In our house, we went to church. So one of the cues in our family was you go to bed a little bit earlier on Saturday night. Uh, It's the same thing we would probably do if we wanted our kids to get up for school the next morning or they were going to a sporting event tomorrow morning to play soccer or to dance or whatever it is. Sometimes we don't have any problem putting them to bed early for that, but we don't plan ahead for church and gathering together. This just says this is important. My mom used to set out our clothes ahead of time, and I never would have thought of that before, but it just reinforced this idea. We're getting up early. We're going to church. It's gonna be fun, I promise, And, and it just builds and reinforces this idea. Now, for my wife and I, we want to be consistent givers we want to be consistently generous so that we can fund the work of the church so I watched my dad do this and all kinds of people who love and honor God you probably do a very similar thing Aaron and I have a budget sheet and there's a lot of items on that budget and I would love I would love to have some money transfer from like the top item to any of the other ones but we have decided especially during 210 that we are going to sacrificially give to the cause of expanding Jesus' kingdom through 210. And so right there, smack dab at the top of my budget sheet, it says 210, tithes and offerings. You know what this is for me and my wife? This is one giant cue saying giving is important and God comes first. And can I tell you something? When I see that there and there's a temptation because a need pops up or something I want instead of need, I can just always remind myself, no, 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 in this house, we serve the Lord. He comes first. We're going to give to his kingdom, and he'll bless us and make it up to us in another way. We get into the routine and the rhythm of giving, and then before we know it, we're in the habit, and God blesses us as we continue to honor him in that way. Now, I think connect groups can just be one massive cue every day and every week of our lives. I think it's so cool when we can just build the habit Of honoring God by gathering together the ecclesia the way God meant it to be and the habit helps you to have it and I always just like to say it this way when we get into God's house God gets into our house and so we can't expect that our kids are going to love and serve God and be in the habit of serving him someday and teaching it to their children if we didn't teach them the habit when they were in our house for that 15 18 20 years before they go out into the world and do it again now here's the second one together helps us grow. I don't know about you, man, but I would love to grow this year. We're we're already past the half point in the year. We're really close to Christmas, if you think about it. It's kind of crazy how fast time flies. And think about this, how much growth has happened in you since January? I mean, we all had these habits that we wanted to kick into overdrive. We all wanted to make those changes, but how easy is it to just shift back to the way it used to be? And I love the terminology they use in Hebrews 10. They say, spur one another on to love and good works. Spurring is not a super exciting sounding word. You know anybody with me on that? Like if I put a big sign out there and it was like the coolest looking group at the table and it said spiritual spurring, I don't know how many of us are signing up for that. I don't know, just call me crazy. But think about what a spur is and what it does. Like a spur on the boot of a cowboy, it was all designed to make the horse uncomfortable so that if it was getting off course or if it wasn't going at the right pace, this moment of discomfort is associated with going off course and they get right back on course and they start going at the pace to go where they need to go. And this is the picture that God's painting. So the question is, who do we have built into our lives that can spur us and encourage us? And I've kind of equated to this. I think a lot of us have what I would call gas can connections, Here's what I mean by that. Most of us have friends, quote unquote, and a lot of times it's, again, that surface connection through social media, and they really have no intention of being a true friend when it counts. You know, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. It doesn't say faithful are the likes of a friend. You know, and so we can give thumbs up sometimes, but in our heart, we're really not helping our friends in any way to grow and become what God has called them to become, And I've watched this happen again and again. It's a gas can connection. There's a fire, and the friends just, they throw fuel on the fire. And so somebody posts something about their horrible day or about this horrible person that really wronged them, and they'll, they'll, you can put, like, an entire dissertation on Facebook. And so they give you, like, a, a layout, a, a case for why this person is the worst person ever. You should never talk to them again. And then anybody, their quote-unquote friends can reply in the comment section. And here's what you never say. Hey, girl, praying for you, call me. We'd love to talk to you about that. Um, typically what you say is, yeah, you go, girl. That person is horrible. They're the worst. You don't deserve that. You know, they shouldn't breathe the same air as you. Get them out of your life. And I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't some things we go through, but a real friend is a little bit deeper than that. That's surface. We don't want to just fuel the fire in our friends' relationships. We want to make sure that we are challenging them to grow in God. And I think this is a great scripture that reinforces this idea. This is 1 Corinthians 16. And Paul is speaking and he says, I was glad. I don't know about you, but that's not typically my tendency to be glad when somebody spurs me. But Paul says, I was glad when Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit and yours also. And how cool is that if we could, as a church, when we gather, build some people in our lives that are going to push us towards maturity and growth. I think that that would be the best step any of us could take. And I don't know about you, but I have some people built into my life that like they remind me on a daily basis that I'm not that great. And they remind me that I need to work at being a better husband and work at being a better dad. And if I seem to be getting off course in any way, they just spur me right back to center. Joe, you're doing good, but you can do better. Joe, you're coming a little bit off in this one area of your life. You haven't had a relationship with God in your quiet times lately. You're not talking to your wife in an encouraging way. You're not doing this and you're not doing... And they're always reinforcing it. We call it a hero sandwich, you know. There's good and then there's some, some bad, the meat, and then there's your hero again. You know what I mean? And so they're challenging you, but how many of us have that built into our lives? That's an important question. Craig Rochelle, he has a new book out. It's called Hashtag Struggle, and it's all about living life in a selfie-centered world. And I would highly recommend that book. And here's what he said the symptom of our culture really is. He said that we are living for likes, but we are longing for love. I think if a lot of us were honest in here, we are living for the likes. And if you live for likes, you're gonna die for likes. There's gonna be a day when somebody doesn't reinforce you and doesn't doesn't like your post as many times as you thought. There are gonna be days when you feel invisible, and if that is the only way that you determine and define your identity, you're in trouble. But here's, here's the reality, if we can go beyond the surface, and we can get to the soul, and we can start having honest transparent conversations with people who really love us and really care about us, we will grow. Together we will grow, and together we are unstoppable. And I I intentionally went a little bit shorter today because I'm going to take the last few minutes of this uh, message, and I'm going to just share with you some of the exciting groups we have. We actually have a really special announcement at the end of service, and before we go any further, I just want to ask you, bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to give a simple invitation to a few people that I think might be here this morning. You know, I've heard it said that the only thing worse than being lost is being lost with no one trying to find you. And I think that's the beauty of a church family. If you've never experienced that before, maybe you've been hurt by a church before, maybe some of the most pain you've ever experienced is in a church setting. I just want to encourage you not to throw that baby out with the bathwater, not to give up on the idea of gathering together with other people who care about you because the more alone you are, so true, the less alive you are. God wants to give you life and let you live life to the fullest. And here's the first step you have to take. We have to acknowledge that Jesus is our Savior and give him something to work with. Jesus made this statement in a world that says that truth can look any different way and there's all kinds of different ways to God. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I am the way, the truth, And the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Romans tells us that all we have to do is believe in our heart, say with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we'll be saved. That means we're saved from an eternity separated from him in a place called hell, and it means we inherit an eternity connected with him in a place called heaven. It's the most incredible decision you will ever make. And here's all that it can be summed up is this. It means that you put Jesus in the driver's seat of your life. It means you're saying, Jesus, take the wheel. I need your help. I can't go this on my own, and I give you complete control of my life. I won't be perfect, but I'm going to take a step. And I just want to invite you this morning to take a step. You're surrounded by hundreds of people who have made that same decision. And I just invite you to pray this prayer after me. And if you mean it in your heart, there's a miracle that's going to take place. Let's pray this together. Say, dear God, thank you for giving me your son, Jesus Christ. I receive this free gift of salvation that was bought at a great price, my Savior's life, and now I give you my life, and I'm going to do my best every second of every day from here on to follow you. Help me. I call you Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now everyone's heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. I just want to invite you, if that was you this morning, we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but I certainly would love to celebrate with you, and I don't know who prayed that prayer. God does. I'd love to give you a Bible. This is kind of a roadmap to your life, and it's going to help you navigate through this relationship. So if that was you, just going to ask you across the room. I'm just going to look. No one else is looking. Our host team is going to stand and they have a Bible. And if that was you, can you just wave at me? I'm looking across the the aisle right now, the audience. We're so excited for you. I see that hand right there. If you raised it once, I see it back there. If you raised it once, just raise it again so that I can see it and the host team can get you that Bible. See the other one. Man, we're so excited for you. This is the biggest decision you're ever going to make in your entire life. Just giving the host team, one more second to make it to where they need to make it. Hey, BC, can we look up and can we just let them hear the atmosphere of heaven right now? So cool, man. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you just to remain seated for a couple minutes, and we're just going to take the rest of this message time, and we're going to talk about some of these really exciting groups that are happening, and we're going to lump them into two categories. One is everything that doesn't happen on Wednesday nights, and I'll explain BC nights is what we call it. I'll explain that in just a moment, but first we're going to start with any of the other weekdays, and the first group I want to talk about is Bella House abortion recovery, and this is for anybody that might have gone through an abortion, or maybe you have a friend that needs some help, and we just want you to know that God loves you, and he wants to help walk you through uh, this this process step-by-step, step, and that's led by Wendy Davis and Heather Smith. is an incredible group. Uh, American Chronic Pain Association. If you're dealing with chronic pain, we want to surround you with some people that have learned how to walk through this and trust God. And this is another incredible group led by Brenda Binion. You, you want to make sure that you sign up for that. Here's an exciting one. It's Holy Spirit One, The God I Never Knew. And this is going through the Robert Morris curriculum led by Pastor Bill Carter. And if you're just looking to learn a little bit more about God, this is an amazing group. Uh, here's the next one, Tuesday Daytime Prayer. If you want to build the habit of praying and uh, you want to build that into your life on a weekly basis, Tony Denunzio leads this group, and it's a really cool group. You should sign up for it. Here's a fun one. We like to have fun at BC. Uh, women's Bingo in Games. So this is going to be really fun. This is Gail Wood and uh, she'll give you all the details, and they'll kind of probably include you as you decide what the games are that you guys want to do. Here's another one that they have super fun. It's Young Adult Women, led by Kristen Okerlund, and they're going through the Group Cause Zone uh, by Craig Rochelle. That's always a lot of fun. Here's a really cool one. It's Healing School, and this is taught by various different teachers here at BC, but we really believe that God wants to help heal you in, in your body, and so the best way to arm you in that battle is to make sure that you know what the Bible says about it. And so we just want to arm you with some scriptures and then teach you how you can navigate through life doing that. And this is such a fun group to be a part of. Here's another one that kind of couples with Pastor Bill's Holy Spirit One. It's called Holy Spirit Two. And uh, it's the, the gifts of the Spirit is what they hone in on. And it's really cool. So if you're looking to identify what your spiritual gifts are, this is the place that you want to get connected. This is one I get super excited about because I don't know too many churches in the world that have this available. This is led by Kathy Neff who leads our Pathways uh, ministry and this is for special needs kids and this one is actually for young adults so this is young adults with disabilities and it's a support group and so if you know somebody that's struggling with that or maybe you are one man we're so excited that you're here and we have a group that's just for you so you can gather together uh, here's a fun one this is led by Brian Ellis and uh, Brian's right here in the second row and Brian told me he just got done with is it a 300 mile uh, trip so that's what you guys are going to be doing at the end. no that's a joke that's a joke you're just this can be for beginners or it can be for you know serious cyclists so just um come hang out with him and that's gonna be a lot of fun this is one i get particularly excited about it's called make a difference day and it's with kelly hall we we thought instead of making a difference that's kind of tiny with a lot of people what if we just blew three people away And so she found three local widows that have a lot of things that they need help with. And if you have a heart to help people, it's just one day this semester. It's October 25th. It's a Saturday. Man, chisel that out of your schedule and come help and make a huge difference in their lives. I know it's going to blow them away. All right, here's the next one. It's Sunday Night Fellowship. This is with Tim and Elaine Rose. They have a blast. I always hear funny stories about just how much fun they have together with each other, and uh, you got to get connected with some people like you, and so they would love, love, love to make a connection with you. All right, here's the next one. It's, um, this is funny. This, you can tell this was written by a guy. It's the basketball group, a group of guys that play basketball. <laughs> Only a guy would write that. And that's led by Steve DeNunzio and, uh, Uh, I go to that group, and it's so much fun, so I don't care if you're, like, in your 40s or 50s, or if you're, like, in your 20s or your late teens, this is the group for you. Um, We're looking for a location right now. Last year, we did it at Jefferson and Willard Elementary. It was so fun. We had two groups going side by side, and we played a ton every week. All right, so moving along here, foodies. This is, like, the favorite group of Believer's Church. It grows every semester. And uh, we have four groups this time uh, because we can like literally overload a restaurant. We've done it before. So we divide and conquer. So Jim and Judy Caminetti are leading one. Tom and Gail Wood are leading one. Terry and Cheryl Whalen. John and Cindy McCorkle have one for young adult married couples. And so this is such a super fun thing. This is doing what they did in Acts chapter 2. They met together. They ate. They hung out. They got connected. This is super fun. All right, and this is a brand new one. It's Senior Singles 50 and Up. And so this is led by Karen Stamp. They're going to have such a blast. So if you're single and you're like, man, I need some relationships in my life, these are going to be some incredible people. Uh, You can get connected with them every week. Now we're going to switch over to our Wednesday night format, and we call this BC Nights. About two years ago, we started this. This is so much fun. If you've never been here on a Wednesday night, this is like the most humming time of the week. Like I love Wednesday nights. It's like a shot in the arm. And so you come in here, and you worship, and all these different groups then split up, and they go to all these different corners of the building. Like, I think there are groups meeting in the restroom now. I mean, it's just like everywhere you turn, everywhere you turn there is a group. We're going to have to expand here pretty soon, because we don't have enough space. But um, that's called BC Nights. So, you know, all year long on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., we have what we call the BC Bible Study. We have incredible teachers that are like world-class communicators, and they are here talking about different books of the Bible, different topics, and so they're going to move to the cafeteria... They're gonna do a series called Bulletproof the Armor of God. And so you're gonna have an incredible time with them. And then I just always like to remind people that on the other side of the building, there's something for every person in your family. And so Paramount, that's our student ministry for sixth through 12th grade. And we have a Bab Night that's coming up in just two weeks on September 30th. And that stands for Bring Anything Breathing Except Pets. Because last time someone brought a dog, so now I have to say that, which is awesome. They just showed up with a little dog in their hands and um, took me literally. And, and so you got to come to that. And listen, if you're a parent or a grandparent, bring your kids, man. Make, make it a priority. Find a group for you. Bring them here because they're going to love it. You, can, you come that night. You have the most guests. You're going to win an Xbox One. There's going to be food and all kinds of incredible stuff happening that night. Hundreds of kids gathered here in this building. Biblical Foundations with Albert Crosby. And this is exactly what it sounds like. You're going to just learn some foundational beliefs about the Bible. It's going to really help you in your growth with God. Boundaries 2.0. This was a ladies' group led by my mom last semester, and I guess they increased their boundaries a little bit, and they're now allowing men in the group. So how cool is that? And so you can come check that out. I heard it was phenomenal. Celebrate recovery with Luther Stubbs. If you're dealing with some kind of substance abuse or addictive behavior, you need a group of people that can help walk through life, particularly people that love God and have a relationship with Him. This is the group for you. You need to get there. All right, we're coming down to a close here. Divorce care. Uh, This group is obviously for people who have been through divorces or are going through one, and it's led by Janet Dyer. And I've heard so many good things come from this group, and the lifelong connections you make with people, the support system that you have is so phenomenal. Uh, Experiencing God with Glenn Cromley, another group that really speaks for itself, such a cool group, you're going to love it. Financial Peace University. Uh, My wife and I went through this a couple years ago, and it changed our life. It really changed the way we look at and see money. It's all based on Dave Ramsey's course, and it's led by Dave Lewis. So if you're going through some things in your finances, or this is what the majority of people go for, they just want to grow in their money management so they can honor God. This is the class for you. Get signed up for that. All right, Love and Respect. This is with Dom and Tony DeNunzio. So if you went through real marriage uh, last time, they're kind of building onto that. If you didn't go through real marriage, but it still uh, appeals to you as a couple and you want to enhance your marriage, sign up for it today. It's going to be incredible. Another marriage group we have is called Real Marriage, and that's led by to- uh, Steve and uh, Terry Zupo and uh, they're going to do an incredible job with that, and it's just going to help you, because how many of you know marriage gets real in a hurry? You know what I'm saying? And so if we can have some moments where we have some people help us through that, that's so helpful. Uh, Search for significance with Rand Berkey, another one that speaks for itself. This is all about helping you find your purpose and your significance on this earth. It's really great. This is a group, this next one led by Jill Gunther. Literally, we have watched people dropping weight like crazy. Bill Bohack, we did a story on him last semester. He lost over 100 hundred pounds because of his being connected through the Daniel plan. If If you are looking to get a jump start on the new year, now's the time. Get into that group with Jill Gunther. All right, uh, Winding to a Close, Understanding Faith with Rick Fritz is another one. This is an incredible group. Rick is a great teacher. A lot of times you'll see him here on Wednesday nights teaching as well. There's a group for women, and this is with Mary Bush, and uh, she's great. And you're gonna just go through the curriculum, Armor of God by Priscilla Shirer. She is an incredible communicator uh, in her own right, and you're gonna love this group. This is one I got super excited about because I don't think we've ever had this before. We have a writing workshop group. And so if you're, if you're like a writer and maybe you need to dust the old pen off and just kind of get back on the saddle, this is the group for you. And it's just a beginner's group, so you're going to kind of look at what writing is all about, how to kind of build the habit of writing and become a better writer. All right, Young Adult Moms, Andy Pekarevic is going to be going through the curriculum Cause Zone. And i am just tell you what, man, moms are some of the people that deserve the most credit and they can feel the most isolated out of anybody and the most alone. So I just want to challenge and encourage you, even if it means finding a babysitter, um, get get out to this group because it's going to really help you to build relationships that are so essential. So for these last two announcements, I'm just going to step away. And the first is something that we're so excited about. It's called Serve by Semester and you have one of those cards on your seat. And we wanted to try something a little bit different this year with serving. We know that there are a lot of people that are maybe back from summer, and you're like, all right, what's next, God? Where do I go from here? And we want to invite you to be a part of the miracle of what's happening every weekend and every day here at Believer's Church. And so every one of you has something that God wants you to uh, contribute and bring to the local house, bring to the table, so to speak. And we wanted to give you an easy step to start doing that, and so we're introducing serving by semester, and what this means is you won't serve every other week or once a month, but you would serve nine weeks in a row through the semester, then you're done, and so here's what I think is going to happen, though. It's going to give you a taste of what serving is and how gratifying it is. And I think you're going to catch the bug. And if you don't or you can't after that, it's okay. But I want to challenge every single person that's not involved somehow, some way in serving at this church. Today is the day. This is your sign from God. I want this to bother you a little bit. Take it home with you. Walk out to the lobby right now and find the area on there that's right for you. And we have all kinds of amazing events. That are happening this fall like October 8th. John Bevere is coming here. This place is going to be packed wall to wall. And we need all kinds of special help in different ways. And we have Bab night for Paramount. All these different events all across the church. Treat Trek for super kids. You need to get involved and be a part of the miracle. There's nothing more gratifying. So there's a table out there. Uh, It's a serve table. Make sure you bring it there. And then all you have to do this next slide you're going to see is next. You just have to attend this one class, and we're offering it twice next weekend. This is your window. If you want to serve by semester, you've got to make it to one of these, and they're going to be on Saturday at 5 p.m., Sunday morning at 1045. There's child care available at each one, and it's only an hour long. We're going to have you in and out. We're going to get you serving, get you trained, and it's going to be the best semester of your life. Hey, I want to announce one, one special thing that we're really excited about. You've heard us mention... Uh, for a while now, that we really feel like Believer's Church is called to plant uh, multiple campuses in the area. So we've just been praying and asking God, and we wanted to make sure it was the right season, and We're just so excited to announce that we really strongly believe that our first campus is going to be in Boardman, Ohio. And so we're excited about what God's going to do through that. We anticipate that it could happen as early as fall of 2016, which do the math, that's a year from now, or as late as spring of 2017. So it's probably going to be within a year to a year and a half, and that all depends on the location and all those different variables that go into it. But right now, we're assembling a core group, and this is going to be led by our future campus pastor, Graham Cathers. And so this is going to be so fun. I would imagine, we we know through uh, through our records that there are a lot of people that drive from Mahoning County. And so if you're from that, you know, Canfield, Uh, boardman Poland, that 224 corridor or anywhere near there and you're like dude i got to be a part of that i want you to go out there to the table where pastor joe is today sign up and then you're going to meet as a core group every week for the next nine weeks and we're going to continue this group uh, until this campus is launched and so we want it to grow and to generate excitement and we're just so so excited about what god is going to do through bc boardman can we give god a hand man for what he's about to accomplish thank you for listening to the bc podcast